HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program was brought to you by Union Beer Distributors, suppliers of world-class ales and lagers. For more information, visit greatbrewers.com. Hi, this is Celia Kutcher, host of Animal Instinct, and you are listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Hey, 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 welcome to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage <laughs> Radio Network. Hey, it's uh, February 2015. I'm Jimmy Carboni from uh, Jimmy's Number 43 in the Goodverse Hill. And I am so happy tonight. We're leading into New York City Beer Week. And Jimmy Lodvig from the Happy Hour Guys is back in I studio. I am back in studio. Thanks for having me, Jimmy. It's Dude, always, you're my wingman. I've been missing my wingman for a long time. Always great to be back in the wingman chair, man. It's great. And my other, my, my, my wing lady friend, Ambassara, known as Ann Likes Beers, back in the show, too. Wing lady friend. I like that. <laughs> Thanks for having me back. That's we a lot get, of syllables right Well, there. it's yeah. always wingman, but, you know. <laughs> but can she be a wingman? Wing person. Wing person. There you go. <laughs> or, like, wing. And we, we, you know, we, 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 we decided that for February, leading up to New York City Beer Week, which is coming February 20th, uh, we were going to try to talk about a bunch of New York kind of serious themes, like growing hops and, and, and grains in New York State and, and some of the beers that are made with them. So uh, Justin did a great job, uh, booked uh, a really cool guy, uh, this dude, Dietrich Gehring, uh, who's uh, up there at Indian Ladder Farms in, uh, up near Albany. So he's on the show today, too. So we're going to be talking about a lot of New York State themes. And, uh, but Beer Week's coming up, Jimmy and Ann. So, you know, there's a lot of cool things happening. Um, do you have any special events that you'll be part of for New York City Beer Week? I'm definitely going to get into the, uh, the Brewer's Choice, try and wander around there a little bit, say hello to some old, old friends and make some new ones. I mean, that's one of the best things about New York, New York City Beer Week is that it's, you're reconnecting with people you've known for a long, long time. And you're also meeting new people who are just coming into the industry. Well, so. you stole my answer. It's so funny, though. Like, if you go to Brewer's Choice for beer... You have to have someone bring it to you because you can't walk, you know, more than 10 seconds without running into someone and you're stopping. I probably get about 10 feet in three hours. There's a lot of talking and not much drinking. Yeah. (laughs) But we catch up when we can. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because when when we started that, remember Ray Dieter, Dave Broderick, we started that event. This is the fifth year, New York City Brewers Choice. And it was like, we want to have a special party for New York City Beer Week with with the brewers themselves Mm -hmm. and, and food pairings. And um, I'm glad that you guys like it. And I'll give a push for it. Check it out, NewYorkCityBrewersChoice.com. It's once again the marquee event for New York City Beer Week. But what's really special about it is the, the time with the New York ingredients is that last year, Grow NYC, they have their regional grains product project. And, you know, they've got farmers growing, you know, grains that, that, that can be turned into malt for beer. And there are a lot of challenges that went along with that. But this year uh, with Kelly Taylor, the president of New York City Brewers Guild, yeah, he, he, he went with that. And he's got a bunch of New York City breweries uh, making an, an all-New York State uh, hop and, and malt beer called Smash State Malts and State Hops Beer. So, Fantastic. Um, everyone's really getting into this this New York State ingredient thing. So on that note, I mean, someone who's, who's on the forefront of this, Dietrich Gehring, you know, you, you're, you're up there in Albany. And tell us what you do. Well, we're a fifth-generation apple farm, and uh, we started about four years ago. We put in uh, an acre of hops, and we started fooling around with uh, growing barley in New York State, which hadn't been done in about 200 years. So there was quite a learning curve there, and I think we've... Uh, We've uh, gotten a good handle on that. So this year we were able to uh, 
supply um, hops and barley uh, to a couple of breweries. Uh, one was uh, down here in Brooklyn, the other half, and uh, nice. they made an excellent stout for us. It was sort of a collaboration project. Uh, Sam came up with a recipe of a really hop-forward, uh, um, all New York State uh, uh, stout. Hop-forward. That's so weird for them. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It, it, was, it was a stretch for them. And, uh, <laughs> but no, it, uh, it, had a, it had a fantastic you know, stout mouthfeel, and and, and I'm not a huge stout fan, and you know, and I was really looking forward to an IPA. And Sam said, you know, uh, we're thinking about doing a stout, and you know, if Sam says he's going to do something, I'm not really going to say, you know, <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, you go ahead. Let's go back to beer 101. You know, we got some great with Jimmy and, yep. and some beer experts here, but beer 101. Let's start with hops. Okay. Growing hops. Tell us your story and. and well, we started, you know, I started, I put some hops in 25 years ago on our farm, you know, home brewer, you know, kind of things, a hobby type stuff. And about four years ago, we decided, well, let's, you know, we're on a farm here, let's try to do it commercially. And so, of course, you know, anytime you try to do anything commercially, it's, you know, it's very successful as a hobby. But, you know, <laughs> as soon as you get in to the commercial aspect, you discover, you know, all the expenses and, and so on that go along with it. Was there one particular thing that, that just popped up as being a, a real stumbling block that you didn't see coming? Uh, well, it was really the disease pressure after a couple of years. You know, when, when you put in like a large, you know, we put it in an acre and, and, you know, no problem. You know, first year, everything was beautiful. Second year, no problem. Third year, all of a sudden we're, we're into disease, you know, because hops, you're really, you're really into a monoculture. Uh-huh. So, you know, you, you, you have a lot of pressure there. So, you know, now we're into, you know, figuring out how to how to spray and, and, and deal with, you know, these kind of things. And, and downy mildew is is the biggest thing we have here in the Northeast huh. um, due to the fact that we're humid. You know, they grow out in Yakima perfectly because they get eight inches of rain all year. Oh, it's much drier. Yeah. Right you know, and so we, you know, I think over a summer we get 40 inches. And, and, you know, our humidity is, as you know, in yep. New York City, it's not much different upstate. Huh. Um, so we can be at 90%, and uh, it turns out Downey Miller really likes that. <laughs> so, I think I dated her in college. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's my drag queen alter ego. <laughs> but, you know, it's not, it's not something that we can't overcome. It's a management issue. So, you know, New York State hop farmers are going to figure this out, and, uh, and we're working towards that. And, uh, and also, I think, you know, because we're doing smaller acreage in New York State, um, we have the ability to do some different things, whereas, you know, if you're a 700-acre commodity hop farm out in Yakima, you can't pay attention to individual, you know, niche varieties and so on. So there's already some things like, you know, like our centennials and stuff are already testing um, with higher oil values and stuff. And, and, and we're not sure why that might be. It might just be because they're stressed. Um, and that's just, you know, a, a, a bonus. Um, because when we look at Yakima oil values, they're at a certain level, and ours are, are pretty high. Hmm. Um, so we don't know if that's forward, if that's going to be an advantage or a disadvantage. Time will tell. Yeah. Cool. So we've interviewed uh, in Long Island. You know, there's a number of hop growers in the state. Yep. And I, I want you to fill me in on that. But John Conzella, Conzella Farms in Long Island, we had him on two years ago, and he was he was trying to raise money for a hop harvesting machine. Yeah. Well, well I know John well, um, mainly because of his hop harvesting machine. Uh, uh, hop harvesting is uh, it's a bottleneck. Um, you know, it's like you, you think you have a lot of friends when you have an acre of hops, and it turns out you pick for a couple of years, and by the third year, nobody shows up. doesn't matter how much beer or food there is, and uh, it's, a, it's a hot, dirty job. How many people do you need, if you're hand-harvesting hops for an acre, how many people do you need to do the job? An acre? Um, one well, acre. An acre is about 1,000 hills, and it takes about one man hour per hill. Wow. Um, and if you have six different varieties, that's going to be over a period of uh, possibly five weeks. So you have to have people come in, you know, over that period of time. So mechanical harvesting, once you get uh, pretty much past a half an acre, is something you really need to have. So huh. we've been working with John, and in fact, our wolf uh, wolf harvester is coming from Poland uh, Thursday. 
Wow. Which is this five-ton machine that has to be unloaded at our house with a crane. <laughs> so, you know. And what is the, what's the investment involved with something like that? Ah, oh, it's, it's peanuts. It's like, you know, thirty fifty thousand dollars $50,000 by the time we're done. <laughs> I got it right here. You know, I got it right here. You know, uh-huh. So if you could help out, that would be great. Yeah, that's why John, John did a, uh, I believe, a, a Kickstarter or Indiegogo wow. um, to do that. Um, we were fortunate enough to have an investor that was uh, – willing to kick in on that and plus we got some grant money um because we're going to be a regional hop picking facility Hmm. um because you know fifty thousands is a big nut um so if you are an acre you're really not picking that by hand so in order for small farms to exist in our region we really need to have you know picking facilities so we sort of stepped up to that plate and so we've got about five farmers that have between we got a couple guys that got a quarter acre, half acre. We got one guy who's got five acres. So they'll use our machine. They'll be able to use our oast to dry it and then bale it. And then they're kind of on their own what they're going to do with it. Huh. Um, how did you meet Other Half? Because you made that great beer with them, the Indian Ladder. Uh, other Half was just a serendipitous kind of thing. I was uh, speaking about hops at the uh, at the Cary uh, Center for Global Good in Rensselaer. And... Uh, I was kind of complaining about how I wasn't finding a good market for my hops, and uh, I think it was Matt, was, was uh, Sam and Matt were there, and they hadn't even opened yet last year, and uh, one of them said, we'll buy all of them. Like, <laughs> we need to talk after the show, you know. And, and, uh, and he actually wasn't kidding. That's yeah. the he part. Was, That's he, the was, funny he part. was not kidding, and I, I was kind of complaining because, you know, they hand out these surveys at the ends, and I do a lot of these, you know, hop talks and barley lecture type things. And they were saying, well, you want to do an evaluation. And I said, uh, you know, the problem with these things is when we go to these, there's, we talk about beer, but there's never any beer. And that's what's nice about this show. There's actually some beer. And, uh, In case you didn't hear the clinging yeah. glasses yeah. Yeah. two yeah. seconds and, ago. And Sam said, uh, oh, well, we got beer, but we didn't see any here. So it's out in the truck. So I was like, hey, we're going out. To, we started drinking beer in the uh, parking lot out of his or tailgating out there. So that's, <laughs> there you uh, go. <laughs> worked out good. So Dietrich, we're drinking your beer right now. Yes. So what, you, you have more plans. So you guys are uh, you're farming hops. Uh, well, you're also you want to have a, a, a farmhouse brewery. Yeah, we're going to do the. Uh, we're getting. We're in the process of getting our farmhouse brewery license. Uh, we should be only a few weeks away, um, according to our lawyer. Uh, and uh, so, uh, yeah, we're we're doing a farmhouse brewery and cidery, and uh, we're going to do some hop forward beers since we have you know we'll have a couple acres of hops, but we're also going to do some sour, some fruit beers because we are on a on a large fruit farm and uh, take advantage of what you yeah, got, right? Yeah. yeah. And what so, fruits you have? Several uh, fruits that you have. Yeah. Well, nice. we're we're primarily apples. We have about ninety acres of apples, but we also have five acres of blueberries, and uh, we have pick your own raspberries and. Uh, we have some cherries, strawberries, heirloom tomatoes. I'm not sure how that goes into beer yet, but you know, you'll we'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll work on that. Yeah, yeah. So we got to plan a field trip soon. I want no. to go the to summer. there. Same. Yes. I want and, to go to and there. And we want you to come. Great. <laughs> <laughs> done. So is this like a, this is a? It's more than a hops revival. This is kind of like a, a farm brewery New York ag revival, isn't it? Yeah, it really, it really, you know, gets into the whole local food thing. Yeah. I mean, that that's really what's driving driving this. You know, is people's interest in where their food comes from, knowing their farmer. You know, it, 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 it's huge. You know, it's like if you can actually go, you know, go to the farm and, and shake the farmer's hand. You know, and it's like then you really know where your food comes from. You're you're comfortable. You know. Yeah. And, Amen. Uh-huh. you know, whether it's, you know, conventional or organic, I mean, just knowing that that person has a family and they live there and, you know, that's, that's huge. I think to yeah. people, and they get up every day and they yeah. get, you know, before yeah. dawn and go to work for, for that. Exactly. For you. And uh, did, you brought your partner as Stuart. So, so Stuart, tell us what you do. So you guys are taking over the world one <laughs> crop of hops at a time. Or <laughs> well, we're, we're trying to. Um, I, I have a wine background working. I came out of Charmer. I was there since uh, 1988, and I worked in every capacity. And I basically know the downstate market, so we're going to uh, try to take care of upstate and downstate. And uh, So w- make, once you start making – do you think you're going to be – you're going to be a farmhouse brewery and cidery, right? Yes. Right. Are you going to use most of the ingredients that you grow in your own beers? Uh, for the most part, what we're doing was we're, 
we're we're going to do a 15 barrel brewery and we really you know when we did the calculations on it we really want to go to be in a state brewery so we're trying to grow as much as we possibly can on the farm um to to meet the you know that 100 percent but Okay, that's that kind of blew my mind just now. I, I don't know that I've heard estate brewery before. Yeah, that's what that's it's a very fancy term. Yeah, yeah, it is. But you know, you have estate wineries, and people stand by that, you know, as a as something of import. But right. I, I, you don't get that in the in the beer industry until now, right? Until these days, when people nope. the local vor movement is pushing that. That sounds very near. It's not Michigan, Jimmy. Hey, <laughs> I, I will say there are some estate breweries in Michigan as well. Some people that are approaching that, but yeah, yeah. Now that's that's really where we want to be. But uh, we're going to put in two acres of hops and. So if we have a really good year, we'll have you know hops to sell to other people. Wow, that's that's sort of where we're at. I had I guess I had, didn't really know that the harvesting of hops was that labor intensive. I knew it was pretty heavy duty, but I didn't know it was that heavy. It, it's it's huge. You know, it's like in, in the eighteen sixties. You know, they used to hand out flyers in New York City, and the hop growers in Madison County would actually you know. Um, charter trains um, of people just to go pick hops for six weeks. You know, they had these little towns that came up and, you know, people met their husbands and wives and this was, it was a huge, huge industry. I'm pretty sure that was Jimmy's great, great grandfather. (laughs) The Carbonis. The harvest, the hop dances. It's in in his jeans. (laughs) It's it's like wine in the south of France, right? They would just have all the students go and and, spend their time harvesting. Yeah, and it was you know it was perfect time. So there's like this little window, right? Like so, from the time when the hops are ready, how, how long do you have to harvest them? I mean, don't they start to rot or something? Oh yeah, you, they're like they're almost like berries, right? They're a very short period of time. Hops, uh, I think it's twelve hours you have before you have to get them in the dryer or in the brew kettle. I mean, you can make wet hop beers, um, huh. but they got to go right to the kettle. Um, and they have to be dried to be stabilized. Otherwise, they start to, it's you know, they they heat up is what happens. And the lupulin inside starts to deteriorate. It actually rots. Wow. Um, so you've got to get them dried. What kind of challenges have you run into with barley? Can we move on to barley, Jimmy? Is that all right? He can start, but then we're going to take a break. <laughs> <laughs> i got to clear everything with him. You know? I'm just a wingman. Um, well, barley was barley was another crop that uh, really, you know, we grew in New York State 200 years ago, and uh, we don't grow anymore, and it was just like hops. I said, you know, if you go into farming to be a hop farmer or barley farmer in New York State, it's not like going in to be a dairy farmer. So if you're a dairy farmer, you, you know, young guy, you want to be a dairy farmer, you can go down the street in a rural area, and you can talk to a dairy farmer. And here, you know, there is no... There's old, no support network. There's no old dude to ask. They're <laughs> all dead. They've been dead for 150 years, wow. you know, so there is nobody. You can't go to Cornell... Um, because there's nobody there who has any know-how. Um, so it's pretty much learning a whole industry over again. Um, we can grow small grains in, in New York. That's proven. We grow barley. We grow wheat. Um, but, you know, brewer's barley is a, a, a it's for human consumption. And there's a few issues that have to be dealt with. One is we have something called flusurium head blight. And... If you have bless you. <laughs> well, no, it gets it gets worse than that. If if you have flusarium head blight in uh, above one part per million in your testing, it creates something called vomit toxin, and it's exactly what it sounds like. Wow! Oh my God! I definitely make, dated her in college. Yeah. <laughs> it will make you sick. Oof. So we have we have to have controls in order to. So deal it's not. With that. not talking about just animal feed. No. Yeah. No. Wow. You can still serious. you can still feed it to animals if you get to five parts per million, but even if you get beyond that, it'll make animals sick. So we have. Well, to I'll tell you what, down. we're going to come back after a short break. We're going to talk with uh, Dave Catalesi from Empire up, up in Syracuse, and then later on we'll also talk, tackle this uh, New York State grains thing. We're back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. <laughs> yeah.
today's break song called Dream Crisis by C-Point. This is Beer Sessions Radio. Hey, 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 welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm Jimmy Carboni from Jimmy's Number 43 and the Good Beer Seal. Hey, guess what? We've, d- we've been doing this for five years now. We have over 250 shows. Woo-hoo! And a uh, big part of that's our Jack Inslee, our executive producer, engineer. Yes. He's in the studio over there. Jack, rock on, buddy. And uh, the funny thing is, is that uh, we, we're, we're still going and we love it. <laughs> And we got better guests than ever, better, produ- you know, Justin's our great producer, and Maggie, and uh, Jimmy, you've been on how many times? At least like I've, 20, right? I've lost count. Somewhere and in Anne there, Sarah, yeah. you've been on a few times, so. Probably, yeah. Many times. Yep. Yeah. So we've got a great community, and, and when we set out, the original idea was, hey, let's get together and, and build a little community, and we come out here to Roberta's and Bushwick, and, and we hang out on the show, and afterwards we have dinner, usually pizza, or in the old days, a steak for two. Maybe you guys want to <laughs> step up this time. A few steaks for two. But uh, one guy who's been on quite a few times, and... and, and it's almost like his history has been the history of uh, the New York State Brewers Association and Farm Brewery License. It's our good buddy, Dave Kataleski, uh, the owner of Empire Brewing in Syracuse. Dave, how are you? I'm well. Hi, Jimmy. How are you? Dude, it's so, it's so good to have you on the show, man. This month, we're dedicating, we're talking all about New York State beer. So thanks Fantastic. for coming on. I, I, I think every month should be dedicated to New York State beer. <laughs> <laughs> So taking a step back, I'm, I know that uh, this is the second year in a row you've made a special beer for Beer Week with uh, some of the women in beer from New York City. Uh, we did. We actually uh, we actually made two beers. Uh, one is uh, our second rendition of Sweet Fire, and I'll let the girls talk about that, uh, which, which we're very excited about. This is a, a brainchild of some of the uh, some of the uh, the girls that we have solid relationships with. Uh, throughout uh, New York City and, and, and some of the uh, uh, more recognizable beer bars and uh, restaurants. And the, the beer, I just sampled it uh, a little while ago, and it, it tastes phenomenal, and we're excited to have it back. Uh, we also are making, for the Brewer's Choice, uh, a smash beer with all New York State ingredients, uh, New York State malt and New York State um, hops. So we're excited about that as well. Great. So tell us about your, your new brewery plan. So you're, you're opening a, a farmhouse brewery in Casanova. Yep, we are. Uh, we're actually breaking ground on St. Patrick's Day, uh, which we're pretty stoked about. <laughs> luck of the Irish. We're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna, well, we need all the luck we can get, number one. <laughs> uh, number two, we want to christen the, uh, christen the ground with some, uh, some of our good award-winning Irish stout. So that'll be fun. Uh, we hope to be open to the public by the end of this year. It's been a... Uh, That's an aggressive uh, schedule. It's aggressive. Uh, we're, we are shovel-ready. Um, it's about a 30,000-square-foot uh, facility that uh, is 22 acres, and it's truly an agritourism component. Um, and uh, we're going to try to grow as much of the ingredients that we possibly can on site. Uh, we're working directly with Morrisville State College uh, and have implemented uh, or working with them on implementing a brewing studies program. And there'll be some externship and internship uh, between um, our, our business and their facilities. So I think it's going to be a nice uh, overall really exciting project. And uh, the girls that were involved with the Sweet Fire had an opportunity to uh, walk around the property a couple of weeks ago when they made the beer and got to see firsthand exactly what we're doing. I'm so excited. So Ann Becerra is here. So, Hi, Anne. David. Hey, Ann. Hi, how are you? Fabulous. Tell us about your experience. So you went up to Empire. You made a special beer. beer we did, you know, it's, it's so appropriate that we're talking about this beer in this, uh, you know, in this episode because one of the things that I love so much about Empire and why we love to go up there is just that understanding of how important it is to you know, know your producers, your suppliers, your growers. You know, it's I eat everything on the menu. You see on the back of their menu all of the businesses they support, all of the farmers they support. And, you know, just to have that community upstate in a, in a place where agriculture used to be so 
you know, such a great industry is wonderful. And I'm so excited. The new place, I mean, it was all snow covered, obviously. But this, the place is beautiful. The town is great. And it's going to be awesome. So, you, Lindsay from George Keeley. So, you're one of the newer members of this Sweet Fire collaboration. Yeah, it's my first year up there. It was amazing. <laughs> hey, Dave, how are you? I'm well, thanks. How are you? I'm okay. Happy to be here. Excellent. Looking forward to seeing you during New York Beer Week. Yes, yes. Excited. That's going to be a great week, New York Beer Week. So what, what is Sweetfire? I mean, who else went up? So yeah, Anne, talk to us about it. Lindsay from George Keeley. So some of the, our top beer bars in New York City. Is Olivia on the phone right now? I am. Hi. Olivia. <laughs> Hi, Olivia. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I know that... Uh, the were you know the girls and the women and the ladies is being thrown around a lot. That was an accident. You know we were all at um, an event at Brooklyn Brewery. It was a charity event, and myself, Catherine, Kyle from Blind Tiger, Jen Torriero from Spring Lounge, um, Haley Jensen at Tap Room. You know there was a whole crew of us that were just talking and saying you know we need to get up to Empire. We need to try to do something together. And I think if Andy Marcelli from Italy's schedule would have cleared, he probably would have been there. And it w- I mean it wasn't. It just happened organically. You know, and we all work at these great bars and we wanted to do something together and it turned out fantastic so what, what's the beer this year chocolate chili imperial stout and it is uh okay yeah it's very very <laughs> balanced you know you get that big roasty cocoa character and then just that little kick of heat at the uh at the end but it works around so talking 8%. about beer week so this is this is a big part of beer week so you guys are rolling it out at a couple bars where can i taste the sweet fire beer Olivia, you want to take that? You know all the places. Yeah, you can. So the bars that were involved, um, those are going to be the only bars that it's served at. So this year we have George Keeley's, we have Top Room 307, we have Spring Lounge, we have the Blind Tiger, and we have Pony Bar. So those are going to be the five bars that you can get it at. Pony yeah. Bar East or West? West. West, okay. Pony Bar West, yeah. Right. Um, and we're, all, we're, we're doing a launch for it at the Blind Tiger the night before Beer Week, just so, you know, everyone's schedule February is so 19th. crazy. So February 19th, we're launching the beer at the Blind Tiger. So I'll actually be, be bartending that, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be bartending that night. So. Hey. Blind, well, that's one thing. So, Anne, Anne, since you guys are on this, Anne, you know, you, you were a mainstay at the Ginger Man for a long time. Mm-hmm. But now you're doing a lot of cool things, some media stuff. Tell us what you're doing. Yeah, I've been really fortunate. We're doing, you know, able to just spread the word to craft beer newbies and people who are kind of just getting into it with Martha Stewart, Serious Eats, you know, a lot of these... So you're writing? I'm writing, beer. I'm working at uh, Blind Tiger, I'm over at the Pony Bar as well, and uh, doing a lot more teaching classes and just kind of getting people excited in a really welcoming way. You know, it's not intimidating, it's not something that, you know, is snobby or something that everyone can enjoy. It's, it's fun, it's, you know, it's food, it's agriculture, it's all the things we're talking about, and I love that I get to go talk about it. That's the way it should be. Yeah, it man. should be fun. It shouldn't be snobby at fun, all. It is fun, right? Yeah. 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 That's great. And Olivia and Dave, so, you know, you guys are up in Syracuse, but you, you, you have a nice little imprint in New York City. I mean, it, what's going to happen when you open the, the new farm, the brewery farmhouse? Um, and, and just you guys are really doing some cool stuff. So, Dave, just tell us more about the future, because you've been such an important part of New York State Beer. Well, thanks. I appreciate you saying that. Um, it, it's definitely a collective effort. Well, you know, this is something that uh, we've been around since 1994, so uh, we're approaching our 21st birthday, and we thought, you know, maybe it was time we grew up a little bit and put, <laughs> some of our, put some of our beers in a bottle. So this is going to be our first movement into packaging our product uh, for retail sale, uh, which is a, you know, a major step for us. But we want to continue to, you know, press with our interest in supporting local um businesses. So uh, if you know anything about Cazenovia, it's a heavy in agricultural area. The majority of the food that we serve down at Empire currently in Syracuse comes from Cazenovia. So we are uh, interested in having something around a 20-mile footprint for all of our carbon footprint for all of our uh, food that we have in the tasting room. So there'll be a food component. There'll be a retail component. Uh, It's a real educational site so that people will be able to see how beer is grown and then convert it into uh, the final product. So they'll be able to smell, taste, see, feel. Uh, and, you know, the ultimate goal is to be able to get our beer uh, through a greater distribution network initially in New York State. Uh, but, you know, it might go beyond that. We're, I just got back from China a couple of months ago where we've teamed up with uh, a Chinese tea company and we're doing a major press release next Tuesday on uh, a beer that we've made with Chinese tea, 
Wow. And uh, ultimately, we are looking to distribute that throughout China. So it's, it's kind of some cool stuff going on with Empire right now. Huh. Wow. Very cool. And then we can drink yeah. White Afro all the time at home. <laughs> yes. Congratulations on packaging, you guys. It's great. Well, thanks. We're not there yet, but <laughs> we're certainly getting You're it. headed in that direction. Wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Well, thanks for coming on, man. It, it's, you've really been such an important player in New York State you know, craft beer. And anything uh, legislation-wise coming up? I mean, you've, you're the president of the New York State Brewers Association. Well, I mean, there's, there's a bunch of things that we're working on right now. It's really kind of fine-tuning the existing legislation to make sure that uh, all of the laws that we've passed over the last decade are working. Uh, I think one of the areas of opportunity right now is the farm brewery legislation. Um, I have a meeting with uh, Chairman Rosen and Chief Counsel Tom Donahue on Friday with uh, our Executive Director of the New York State Brewers Association, Paul Leone. And we're really going to take a look at the level of um, and quantities of ingredients in order to fulfill the requirements of the New York State uh, Farm Brewers licensing and, and see whether or not uh, they're realistic, uh, if they have to be tweaked at all. Uh, and I think there, there might be some opportunities there to uh, enable farm brewers to uh, be successful with this type of uh, license and this piece of legislation. So, yeah, there's definitely some changes. Um, you know, there's another big movement on the SLA's part to eliminate pay-to-play so we're really looking at that. Uh, apparently, there's some some things that are going on that are against the rules of the SLA in the marketplace no. that uh, <laughs> have uh, have disrupted the <laughs> the SLA. Is a little upset about it, but we'll we'll see what they have to say on that regard too. So, who knows? All right. It's always it's always something, man. It's always something. Dave, just tell us one more thing about the uh, the Sweet Fire beer because I want to try it on New York City Beer Week. Oh, most definitely. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely bring some down for you. All right, man. Thanks so much, Dave. Thanks, Olivia. Absolutely. Thanks okay. for having us. And then, Lindsay, you know, so it's your first time on Beer Sessions Radio. It is my first time. So tell us a quick backstory. So you're one of those cool people that you're, you're managing a bar in, in New York City, mm-hmm. which has a good beer focus, and you've been to some of the meetings we've hosted and talked about Beer Week. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, tell us a little bit more about how you got started. Um, how I got started, actually, um, my cousin owns a, a large distributor in Northeast Pennsylvania, so I've been around craft beer. I think it's one of our family things when they have like, big events. We go out and pour for festivals. Um, and then I worked down the street from George Healy and it was my favorite bar, and I got to try new beers every single time I went in. And when there was a position available, I started there. And then I just started like expanding my beer knowledge, and then eventually I was like, can I please take over the ordering? And that was probably about like three and a half years ago. And it's fun. I get to meet new people. I get to try beers all the time. It's it's been a great experience. And, uh, I mean, the owners, Drew and Chris, are some of the best people you ever meet in your life. Yeah, I mean, G- George Kelly's is one of the good Brazil bars, and they've been since the beginning. And I guess because you're on the Upper West Side, you know, you're not in Brooklyn, people don't talk about it as much, but it's a great place. I think so. We've got a couple places that I like, opened up recently that are, are joining the craft beer up on the Upper West Side. I mean, Dive Bar has been there for years as well. Time, it's yeah. my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> and what, what are some beers that you have on draft right now? Do you have any New York State beers? Um, we have we have another half. Um, uh, we just kicked an empire. Sorry, guys. Um, no, it's a good um, thing. It's a good thing. <laughs> um, it means you can order more. Um, yeah. We've got a bunch. We definitely have an Ithaca downstairs. We've got an Ithaca cask that's coming on soon, a dry hopped uh, flower power. Um, we try to get some of, like, because most of the, on the Upper West Side are uh, strictly American craft, we do try to bring in some, like, we've got a, um, a Barifico uh, Chaos on right now, which is nice. delicious. Wow. Um, but definitely on uh, February 23rd, when, like, Sweet Fire is on at Keeley's, we will have... So that's uh, your night. Yeah, that'll be all New York February 23rd, yeah. go to George Keeley's. Yeah. All right, cool. all right. You can make it here, but you can't drink it anywhere. Well. <laughs> that's our model that night. I like it. Well, guys, th- we're gonna take it. thanks for coming on and talking about Sweet Fire. Uh, it's so great that you, you guys are wor- worked on that with Empire, and that's going to be one of the highlights of uh, New York City Beer Week. We think so. We hope so. You guys are awesome. Hey, we'll take a short break. We'll be back in a few minutes to talk more about New York State hops and grains on Beer Sessions Radio. All right.
Today's program brought to you by Union Beer Distributors. In 1996, Elknife & Son acquired Union Beer Distributors, which was originally located on Union Avenue in Brooklyn, but has since expanded to its present location alongside the English Kills Canal in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Union Beer has grown dramatically in the last decade as the primary distributor of Anheuser-Busch products for Kings County through the hiring and development of the best people in the industry. In 2003, Union Beer acquired a powerful catalog of specialty brands, which immediately positioned them as the craft beer supplier to accounts in Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, and Staten Island. Union perpetually tweaks their portfolio to maintain the highest level of stylistic breadth with the most coveted brands available. That's Union Beer Distributors, and you can learn more at greatbrewers.com. And this break song is uh, called Jump Rope by the Ginger Lees. Hey, 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 welcome back to Beer Sessions. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio. That was you, wasn't it? I know. Did you I, do that? You did I that track? A, I sing in a girls group. Yeah, I, I've heard that about you. I miss singing. But <laughs> we're here on HeritageRadioNetwork.org, and uh, thanks to our sponsors, uh, Union Beer Distributors. What's so great about this show is that uh, we're given all of February to talking about New York beers, New York mm-hmm. City beers, and, and grains and hops. We just talked with uh, Dave Kataleski from Empire. It's the most you know, wonderful time of the year. And he's expanding uh, so that they can have a real farm brewery up there in, in Casanova, New York. And I know that Lindsay and Ann Becerra are here. Uh, they just went up and made a special beer for Beer Week. So we've covered a lot of bases tonight. And that was fun, wasn't it? You went up to this, oh Syracuse gosh. and Casanova. Fantastic. We really. And got what's, a lot the, what's the beer called again? It's Empire Sweet Fire, right? Sweet Fire. It's named after their uh, dish on their menu that was a sausage, uh, like skillet sausages, and they were on um, the diner drive. What's the. Oh, yeah. That diner's drive inside. Yeah. So it's one of their signature dishes. One of those shows. We yeah, don't talk and we're about. all sitting around. Well, whatever. <laughs> we're all sitting around eating those, like eating and thinking, what are we going to name this? What is the. Oh, this sausage is so good. Sweet Fire. Oh, my gosh. Duh. And Lindsay, you, you know, had a great time. You went up to Empire and made the beer, too. Yeah, it was amazing. It was like, such a good group of people to be up there. Like, from so what do you do? Did you guys make the beer? You just hang out and talk no. about beer? Well, I mean, of course we. <laughs> yeah, we made the beer. You wear boots. Yeah, my leopard print ten dollars boots from Rainbow. Yeah, um, you know, and Tim Butler is so talented, and there's you know Nate, the assistant brewer. It's you learn so much from those guys, and you know, even if we didn't get to actually brew, which we did, we were lucky. It's still a learning experience just to hang out with them. They're so full of knowledge, so talented. You know, it's just. Very, very lucky to be a part of that. It's really cool. Well, let's get back to the, ser- the serious part of this month is that we're really trying to, to promote and talk about growing hops and grains in, in New York State and the challenge you face, but also getting breweries in New York to make beer with New York ingredients. And that's a big part of New York City Beer Week, the smash state malt and state hops. Many New York City breweries are doing that. Mm-hmm. And our event, New York City Brewers Choice, almost every brewery is making a beer with a proportion of New York State grain malt. So this is pretty exciting. But talking about grains, you know, we, our, our farmer's here, he was on the first segment. He's back in. Uh, Dietrich. Dietrich yeah. Gehring, uh, the Indian lot of farm. <laughs> so we asked you before you talked about growing hops in New York. Now let's talk about what's it like growing grains for beer. I'm not through with hops yet, but I'll go <laughs> on to grain. Um, uh, grain is something that, uh, you know, it's there's a learning curve. There's a few steps to success, you know, that you need to do. You need to plan early. You need to be, you know, aware of flusarium head blight. You need to know when to harvest. It needs to be harvested Let's earlier. So what, what, what varieties... Are suited for growing in New York State. Yeah, what kind of that, what kind of barley can, make can you grow? Good beer. Yeah. Well, we can grow, we can grow most uh, any of them. Uh, it's you know, we're, we're we're still we're finding that out through Cornell. They're doing a lot of tests. They're doing a lot of uh, trials in the Hudson Valley. They're doing some out west. So they're finding you know what will do well. This so blight st- that you t- sorry to interrupt. This blight yeah. that you were talking about is that something that's because of the humidity, like you you were talking about before, or is that just ubiquitous? Is that something every it's ubiquitous? They, every grain yeah, farmer it, deals with it, that. it exists, and and it's just it has to be dealt with. You know, it's it, when. When the grain comes up, what they call out of the boot, um, it opens up and it's open for open pollination. At that point, there's a five-day period that there isn't with other small grains, like with wheat and so on. If it rains in that five-day period, that flusarium is in the soil. It splashes up. It huh. closes. It's there. That's it. Wow. So either if you're organic, you don't do anything and you pray. 
Um, <laughs> I think every farmer prays a lot. There's a lot of that. Is that like <laughs> Christian scientists? They don't, they don't go to doctors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know that it, Stop right there, Jimmy. Yeah, Jimmy stop right there. Just, it yeah. can, just stop. And not that yeah. it helps. Um, but, um, but if you're conventional, then you have that five-day window to spray. It gives you, it gives you about a 30% boost. So basically, if you plant that you know a certain date you get like 20 percent if you spray at a certain point you get 30 percent if you harvest at a certain point you've added another 40 percent but you don't have a barley you don't have the barley mentors that you had right you were talking about that earlier in the show you don't have the old guy down the block so who do you go to is it cornell it's pretty much cornell and uh, and at this point we're you know we're like three four years into it so you know we pretty much understand now what has to be done Mm -hmm. um and as far as new york state farmers it's going to be the guys that are already growing grain if you're just like you know some dude who wants to just jump into it the the infrastructure is huge you have to have dryers and combines i mean you know it used to be a combine for a 20 acre farm was twenty thousand dollars well there are no 20 acre grain farms anymore so it combines four hundred thousand dollars so if you are not in a grain growing area you are not jumping into that game i can't breathe <laughs> so, so four hundred thousand yeah. dollars so you can't had breathe with the cha- the challenge of hops was so you guys at least you could grow start with a half acre and go to an acre Right. But you're saying there's no infrastructure for a small grain farmer? Not really, unless you are already a corn farmer and you have... Because the, the other problem is with with barley is, especially brewer's barley, it has to be harvested at between 22 and 18%, which means you can't leave it in the field to dry. Huh. It has to be brought off the field you and mean, dry. I, I mean, this, this is dumb, but 18 to 20% alcohol now. What, what do you mean by 18 to 20%? <laughs> a moisture. Oh, okay. Moisture. We have this thing called a moisture meter. We only we know about and, alcohol percentage. Yeah, we, we <laughs> We pack this little wow. thing, and it tells us, you know, what what our moisture Stewart's is, laughing. and then and then we have to then it ha- in order for it to be stable, we have to dry it down to twelve, fourteen percent. Do you have like any type of a little what are they called? Small equipment that measures things. Yeah, it's, a, it, it's a moisture meter. That's and what meters. It's called. Yeah. That's what it's called. It's yeah. Small equipment. Yeah, that yeah it's it. small equipment. It costs about five hundred dollars. You know, it's like everything. <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, so it's really the guys who are already in the game that are going to be doing it. But that's not the biggest hurdle in, in the whole malting barley thing in New York State. The, the, we, we have a bottleneck in that we don't have any malting facilities. Yeah, you don't have a malt house. You we, see that popping in? Yeah, we, well, we have tiny ones. And, and if we're going to go to 90% by 2024 with the farm brewery law, then we need big malting facilities, and they need to be put in areas where that are near, like highway, you know, yeah. near the throughway. That you a farmer access. can bring, you know, a large truck, you know, can bring twenty tons of barley, and then that twenty tons can be put in fifty-pound bags once it's malted and distributed, you know, to the breweries that need it. Um, and right now, you know. I'm only doing, you know, six, five, six acres, and I'm driving one ton at a time out to uh, Newark Valley, out to Farmhouse Malt, out to Marty and and Natalie out there. Um, That's two and a half hours one way. And, you know, so the trucking is huge, and they can only do one ton at a time. Um, So huge bottleneck. You're not going to encourage farmers to grow a high-value crop unless they have some place to take it. Do you see that happening? Do you see a malting facility being built? Is the market there? Well, I think that if the farm brewery law says that these people have to be buying something, they're going to be clamoring for it, yeah. right? But who's willing to take the risk, right? That's the question. Well, it's your old chicken and egg, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, how are That's you doing it? I mean, isn't it? Chicken, egg, I know that. But you're right, man, and I've heard this, and you're right. I mean, we talk about, I'm going to go off subject, but, you know, there was originally support for fracking. If, uh, if you're going to frack in your, let me, I know, I know, I know the subject. The state would have had to spend a lot of money on infrastructure, even on roads. And I like what the governor did, and they've banned fracking. So our backstory has always been, you need to put in infrastructure for for farming and farm products. Mm-hmm. So you're saying that should the state go in and help fund some some malt facilities? I think this well, not necessarily the state. I think even local communities. I mean, we're not talking gigantic businesses. I mean, it's not like fracking. I mean, we're not talking hundreds of millions of dollars. You know, we're we're, we're talking relatively small money here for you know to set up a malt facility. Like, like how much money? Probably a couple million. You know, for one facility, 
That would so benefit. Do you guys know? Talk about you know the the building blocks of beer. Who knows what Sam Adams, the 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 Boston Revolution historical figure, what was his real job? Who knows? He wasn't a brewer. He was a maltster. That's right. Oh, and, I thought you meant Jim. Oh, uh, <laughs> you mean the actual Sam Adams. <laughs> historical figure. There was a Sam Adams. She's picturing and, Jim Cook. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, he was like this. He was a revolutionary. He was changing things. But he, he was a maltster. And all those revolutionary guys had small businesses and artisans. And, and even back then, maltster is an important person in the community. Yeah. See, he, every community had one. I mean, Albany, I think, had three, you know, at, at, at one point. You know? So it's not a situation where you you could have a lot of small uh, facilities. It would it, you, you'd need a central large facility. I think you're going to need several large regional. facilities. Regional, Maybe regional. Yeah, exactly. yeah, regional. very regional. I mean, you know, the Hudson Valley is going to grow a small amount of barley, but you know, most of the barley is going to be grown out Syracuse, Rochester area. That's where they grow grain. Yeah. You know, and it makes sense that the malting facility would be in that area. I think it also makes sense to put something like in the Albany area, which is you know a good distribution point. You know, you're three hours from everything, um, and you're right on the highway. Yeah. So you can farmers can bring stuff in there, and it can be shipped out. You know, one thing I've noticed the last couple of years doing this show is that everybody wants to talk about hops, and everyone likes to drink hops. But the, the, the grain, the malt, is really the building block of beer. It's it is. It it's is. And, and the other thing is, is you know, everybody is, you know, there's a lot of switching over to, you know, to the barley. But, you know, the reality is we're not out of the woods on hops yet. <laughs> Everybody's like, oh, well, we're growing hops. It's like, well, okay, we're three years in. Okay, yeah. <laughs> we, we, never, we, we don't we, know everything that's going on with that. That's that. There's still a lot to learn um, in in hops. And uh, when we when we shoot the happy hour guys around New York State, and we talk to brewers, uh, we talk to brewers about you know you of course you want to produce you know a, a New York beer, a New York only beer, and they say, well, I, I'd like to produce it all the time, but I don't, I can't get the ingredients all the time. You know what I mean? I don't have a, right. I don't have a consistent but source. You will hops. one day, and it's right. good to talk about. It's and you coming. guys, wait, quick thing, Happy Hour guys, what's going on? Uh, the Happy Hour. We just dropped an episode today, uh, actually a distillery episode out in Colorado, Woody Creek Distillers, and we are about to hit our three hundredth video episode. Three hundred. Oh, all right. Yeah. yeah man. <laughs> You're a good buddy, man. I appreciate you coming Thank on you. the show. So, last thing. So, you, you, even though you're growing hops and you're growing grains. You're, you're making beer, and you're going to be legal soon. But what beer did you make for us? Um, well, I did not make that. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> uh, we uh, actually met Dan Suarez at Other Half Brewery one day, and we were telling him what we were doing. He said, you know, I'd like to come up and see what you're doing and make beer. So he did. And there it is. So Dan, so he, we know Dan. Who knows it? Dan worked at Six Point and moved to Vermont. Yep. With his wife Taylor, and he worked at Hill Farms. Exactly. So, he, but he made the beer at your farm. He made it at our facility. He used it's a hundred percent Indian Ladder Farmstead ingredients. That's our barley. That is our hops. Um, and uh, it's not our yeast. It is not our yeast, but <laughs> but we're getting there. But this is a nice beer. I it's mean, a lovely. Beer. And what do you yeah, think of this? Yeah, it's it's like thing. it's fruity. It's, it's, it's yeah, it's really fruity. This, it's this, very fruity. It's very I think I think that's almost the, an apple. Yeah, like a pineapple. I think it's the yeah. it's it's a barley called to, uh, Newdale that uh, I got out of Canada. It's a two row and. And, and a couple of the other beers we've made have had this kind of fruity characteristic to it, and I have to believe it's the mall. Huh. Cool. So. I would have I would have said you would say with the hops. So it's no, no, it's not. It's not. The, it's not the hops in this case. And Most cool. Uh, and and along the hop line, I have to say one thing is that my wife for the last two years has been working on a book, which is now going to be published this fall through Chelsea Green. And it's called the uh, Hop Grower's Handbook. And uh, she is very, very dedicated to hop quality. And uh, that's something that we are going to have to pursue in New York State. Where's she? Where's she? (laughs) (laughs) We'll have her on the show. Jimmy, let's get her on the show. she's She's been on the farm report. Nice. Aaron Fairbanks, all right? I haven't done the farm report yet. No. We've got to do the farm report. Jimmy, you should do every show on this network. It'd be awesome. <laughs> Just keep changing. Last year, Jimmy came on. He came back from Michigan. He had these big chops, sideburns. He you wore camouflage boots. You're like, who is this guy? But the next thing you know, we did three three shows of Michigan Brewers and Larry Bull. Yeah, and right. this year, it's like we're going into you know New York State farm hops and grains. He looks like a farmer. Hey, He's got a scruffy yeah, beard. You know, you know. So Jimmy Ludwig, welcome back, dude. I'm nice going to give one more plug. New York City Beer Week's coming up. And what should we do for New York City Beer Week? Well, I think you should start off. Thursday night at Blind Tiger and come check out that beer. Obviously, I think that's a great idea. But, you know, there's so many things. Brewer's Choice is one of my favorites. The opening bash is going to be awesome. You know, and just 
the idea that all these bars are going to be pouring great beer, and I think you can't really go wrong anywhere. I would ch- check out goodbrazil.com. It's going to be a great story that week. And, and my big thing is go on Friday night, February 20th. Go to one of your favorite Good Brazil bars. at 7 o'clock at night. It's opening tap. You're going you're gonna, to uh, every bar is going to have a special beer, and I think that's we've talked about that a lot. That's the way to kick off a beer week, and then yeah, New York City Brewers Choice. We're so proud that that everyone's getting behind the local grain thing, whether it's a smash beer, New York State Malt and Hops, or some of the other breweries that's making a thirty percent minimum. Well, Rain. just really quick to add to that, you know, at Blind Tiger, we only have one permanent line. And as of now, it's the Brooklyn Green Market Wheat, you know, that supports Grow NYC, that uses local ingredients, that uses local honey, that supports farmers markets. And, you know, I think it's to be in a hub where you can see so many people passing through. It's a great way to educate. So Actually, jump, cool. so, so in terms of wheat as, as a, a beer product, can you use wheat unmalted in beer? Absolutely. Absolutely. We were just talking, uh, we were another half today, and we were talking to some brewers that were uh, there visiting, and, and they asked if we were going to grow any wheat. And actually, we're looking at a, um, an ancient wheat called uh, Gen- the Pride of Genesee um, that was a historic wheat that was grown for the Revolutionary Army, and uh, we're, we're going to try a couple acres of that this year. So how, cool. what percentage of unmalted wheat can you put into a beer that doesn't screw up your system? Uh, unmalted, I think, is a little easier than malted. Um, I think that uh, it, it's not being a you know professional brewer. My understanding is that it's malted wheat that you know uh, creates stuck mashes and, and like that. Where I think that uh, the unmalted is it's less of a less so of a problem. If, if like the green market wheat beer, for example, if you're making a beer with New York State wheat unmalted. Uh, you could do that without a malt facility. Is that correct? But you, yes. you only use a small portion. Yeah, percentage. Only, yeah. The percentage is the very summer. low. Yeah. So there's, there's, a, there's a lot of talk to talk about New York grains and hops, but that's happening in New York City Beer Week. Check it out. And anything else? Lindsay, one more thing going on at George Keeley's. I'm just so happy to be here. Thank you. First <laughs> time. First time. We can't and wait, then I can't wait to Stuart, the other half of Indian Ladder Farms. We're, we're just ready to get going. We can't wait. And uh, we'll also be at the uh, Big Cider event in March, uh, March 18th, with that old magazine. Good Cider, all right. Yeah, that's we're very excited about this. Well, stuff. thanks for coming on, everybody. Thanks Again, the New York City Beer Week is coming up. Check out NewYorkCityBrewersChoice.com, February 24th. In closing, I'd like to thank our sponsors at Union Beer Distributors, who've helped to bring this podcast to you tonight. Thanks to Dietrich, Stuart, Jimmy, Ann, Lindsay, Dave, and Olivia for calling in, for joining me here on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm Jimmy Carboni. Thanks for our producers. Maggie Seiden and Justin Kennedy and our engineer extraordinaire, Jack Kinsley. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. Thanks for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore radio. You can email us with questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.